<clears throat> I'm, I'm uh, convinced that they're trying to get me to lose my voice <clears throat> before I come speak every week now by the songs that they pick right before I speak. Because <clears throat> you can't not sing that. You can't not scream that. I don't know. Maybe you can. Um, but, uh, man, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Thank you all for, for being with us. We uh, uh, are in uh, our Christmas time stuff here at 24 and uh, uh, celebrating that. Uh, I want to say a quick thank you to all of you who <coughs> have adopted. Um, I promise I really was good until that song. Uh, <coughs> uh, thank you for those of you that have adopted uh, Christmas tree children. Uh, for this uh, year, and uh, I know that we, I forget what the actual count was, the last I heard it was, I don't know, like 190-something kids uh, that we were doing Christmas for this year, uh, and you guys showed up, so thank you guys for doing that. Um, if you didn't know, we, we work alongside of uh, our local actual drug court system, um, and uh, we help uh, do Christmas for children uh, whose parents are running or going through those programs, and then uh, we also uh, help uh, children uh, uh, and work alongside of uh, several of our local uh, elementary principals uh, to know families that uh, are in need and that sort of thing. And so uh, between the two things, we, it's, it's a lot of kids. But, uh, uh, we, man, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Um, quick, uh, quick mention, sweater, sweater competition next week. Uh, bring your A game. Uh, good luck. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, Christmas Eve service uh, week after that. Uh, how crazy is that? We're, we're like two weeks away from Christmas. Isn't that crazy? Uh, so uh, Christmas Eve service, we'll have uh, our one evening service for Christmas Eve that day. Uh, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. So we won't have Sunday morning services. We'll have only our Christmas Eve service. Uh, and uh, it will be wall-to-wall, I'm sure of that. So... Uh, come and uh, be ready. I think we're even going to have uh, uh, some animals outside and whatnot to bring the kids and and uh, see them and and all that good stuff too. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to all of that. Thank you so much for um, being here with us this morning. Let's uh, let's jump into this. If you've got a Bible uh, and you want to follow along, we're going to Luke chapter two. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you one. Just throw your hand up to let them know that you need it. Um, and uh, in Luke 2, we're uh, going to start off, and then we're going to bounce to, I don't know, probably a dozen other scriptures before we get out of here today. But uh, uh, if you don't own a Bible, by the way, we'd love for you to have that one and keep it. But uh, if you just need to borrow it, that's fine too. Um, Luke 2, um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, this time of year, you know, uh, th- there are these certain words that really kind of come to mind. You know, we've got... Uh, uh, joy, uh, peace, uh, love—you know—all all these all these types of things—and and they come along with the season. But the truth is, is that there's a ton of work behind what those words mean. When you want to get biblical about where did those words come from and how has God worked those things out, peace is one of those things. Uh, you know, peace is peace is something that we all wish for. You know, it's—I uh, mean, heck, even. You know, uh, people getting an award who don't know the Lord, you know, get up and, you know, say, well, I want, you know, I wish for world peace or whatever. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, and especially, you know, in, in days like today when you've got stuff going on like we do with uh, Israel and Palestine and, 
Uh, I mean, just, you know, there's, and there's, you know, even, even outside of actual wars, we have our own wars going on in life where, uh, you know, there's a lot coming at us, just struggles, you know, worry, unrest. Uh, I'm watching this with parts of my family right now as they're uh, trying to figure out life after uh, the death of a husband and a father of 11 and all of these things. It's, it's a lot. Uh, and there's a lot to be found out after the fact that weren't that wasn't known that we're not making these things easier, uh, you know. And and so I mean it's just you know we we all are you know we've all got something that's leaving us uh, a little bit with the unrest and a little bit of worry. And uh, the truth is is that uh, God's done some work for us that's super important for us to like latch onto. And us to, to claim and be reminded of who God is and what he's done. Um, and so today I want to talk about, uh, I want us to talk about uh, how God works out peace with us. You know, and, and you may say, well, God, God doesn't have to work out peace. He just gives it, right? Well, he could, but he worked it out. And, and, and we're going to look at some scripture that shows us that. I want to I read this that kind of leads us into this, this thought process today out of Luke 2, uh, and in Luke 2, verse 8, and uh, maybe you've heard this before, but we're going to read it together. It says this, it says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, I want to I talk about this for just a second. We're, we're not going to get super into, you know, the shepherds and all the things, but I, I, I want, want us to take a second. I mean, to me, this is probably one of, uh, one of the greatest showing out moments of, of God's career. Okay, if we're going to put it that way, if we're going to talk about like what game he played the best in type deal, I mean, this is up there. Okay, uh, we've got Jesus on the cross and we've got him risen from the grave. You know, we've got, uh, you know, the transfiguration, you know, I mean, we, we, we've just got these moments where we just see God. And I think to myself, God chose to do this this way. He didn't have to do it this way. He chose to do it this way. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, now, you know, he could have just, you know, put an angel before the shepherds and given them this message, which is what? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. But he chooses to send an angel to send the, the first part of the message, right? And then he gets to this part of the message. Why? I, I think it's kind of like this moment of like, 
you know, I, th- I think it's twofold. First of all, he's for his glory. God, God is going to make himself known in this world. But how he chooses to do that, he does so in different ways. And at different times in our lives, we've seen God glorify himself. In other words, we've seen him make himself known to us, make himself known to the world. We want God to make, make himself known to the world, right? I mean, like, he is the way. Jesus is the way. We want him to be known to the world. So we want him to do that work. That's super important. But here in this moment, he gets to this statement, and instead of it just being the angel, verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So he brings in the choir now, I, I, just, I just don't even think that we can even fathom what they saw that day. Like, the multitude of the heavenly host praising God. I mean, like, they're, they're looking at something that I think, you know, if I'm just guessing, is filling the sky that's turned night into day and a mul- not just one angel now. I mean, it's pretty good. To get an angel, I don't know when the last time was you had an angel show up and tell you something. But, I mean, it's pretty good to get an angel. They got all of them in this one moment to all, to all praise God and say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. It was that important. It was that important for God to make that point. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Is he pleased with you? Is he the Lord of your life? Have you trusted in Jesus to be your Savior? If you know Jesus as your Savior, then he is pleased with you. He is pleased overjoyed to have you in his family. If you are not, he wants you to be in the family of God. And then there too, you would be one of these with whom he is pleased. So this peace among those with whom he's pleased is anyone in the family of God and those who have trusted in Jesus for their salvation. So peace We all want it. We all want it. Countries, I think, are trying to find it. I don't know. I can't tell sometimes. I really can't. It's so hard to understand what is going on most of the time in the world, right? I mean, but heck, I mean, just even in our lives, we want peace, right? We And and there too, we say we want peace. I talk to people sometimes that, you know, are like, Chris, I just, you know, I just want things to calm down. I just want things to be so peaceful. And sometimes I'm thinking in the back of my head, you are the most dramatic person that I have ever met. You just thought of somebody right then, you little sinners. We won't name any names. But it's true, right? You know, we can't get out of our own way sometimes. But the Lord is offering for us to have peace. And if you look through the Scripture, if you look through the New Testament, peace is used in five different ways, okay? Uh, the first one is, uh, you know, to uh, the absence of war or chaos, right? 
And then the, the second one is used in greetings like peace be with you. You know, Jesus would, would show up. I don't know if you remember like, you know, Jesus is out, you know, walking on the water and the, and the boys are in the storm in the boat and they're thinking they're going to die. And then he shows up and they're, oh my gosh, there's a ghost out here, you know, and he's like, peace be with you, you know, and they're like, oh, it's just Jesus. He's bringing his peace. We could have used that, Jesus, come on, you know. Then we have these other things in which we see peace through the scriptures. We see peace needed with ourselves. We see peace needed with others between us. And we see peace with God. I want to talk about those three things. And I want to do so with sharing Ephesians 2, verse 14. Ephesians 2, verse 14, it says this. And you may want to go there if you've got your Bible because we're going to be in it for a minute. All right? In it for a minute. In it to win it. Right? Okay. Whatever. Ephesians 2, verse 14. And it says this. It says, For he himself is our peace, who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Let's just stop right there. Um, I, I'm going to preface this with this passage that we're reading has so much to it. I'm going to do my best to try to pull out the pieces and help us to see those things because I think that it is so valuable to understand this passage. I believe that this passage shows for us how God works out peace for you and me. Okay? Start back again. Verse 14, for he himself, who is he? He's talking about, talking about Jesus, okay? For he himself, right, is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Chris, what in the world is he talking about? Okay, I'm glad you asked. For he himself, for Jesus, is our peace who made us both. Who is, who is us both? He is talking about Jew and Gentile. He's talking about, you know, at, at that point in time, the people of God and the people that were not of God, right? Okay? And we know this because of the passage surrounding it, okay? If you expand the passage and you look more at the passage, you, you would see this. But, but you'll see it. You'll see it. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna work it out. So he says, who has made us both Jew and Gentile, in other words, all races, okay? Let's just go ahead and just, and just go ahead and throw that in the boat. All races... One, who has made all races, who's made all of us one, all right, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So now he's talking about that there is hostility between us, Jew and Gentile, right, between these people groups, if you will, right? Uh, and, and for us to get that, I think it's important because it, that, that some of this changes in just a minute as far as like, how he uses some of these words. And it says, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself, talking about Jesus, in Jesus, one new man in place of the two, so making peace. I'll read that again. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances 
that he might create in himself, that Jesus might create in himself one new man. One, what? What's he talking about there? Again, he's going back. He's, he's talking about that he's, he's making us one in place of the two, right? So making peace. So again, he's showing us how he's making peace. Well, part of that is the, by the abolishing of the law of commandments. Now, I don't know if you remember this. There's like all through the scriptures, we see constantly, especially with like the apostles when they're going to people, how, you know, they've got, you know, these uh, law abiding old school, you know, I'm going to, you know, tell you what's right and wrong guys uh, type guys uh, to uh, help them to see uh, that they're walking outside of the bounds of the law, talking about uh, the Old Testament and, and, you know, Mosaic law. And so, you know, for us, to, for us to get this little piece and understand that Jesus came to fulfill the law, okay, and he gets to walk outside of some of these things and eventually retire some of these things by fulfilling it, okay, because we couldn't keep the law. We have an understanding of that. Ten Commandments, which one did you break yesterday? You broke one of them, I guarantee you. You know, you may go, well, I don't think I'm a sinner. Well, then you're lying to yourself, okay? We're all sinners, and we all need a Savior, okay? We have an understanding from Scripture that we're all sinners and that our sin has a penalty, and that penalty is death, and Jesus came and paid the ransom that we owed for our death. He came to the courtroom, said, I'll take theirs, okay? If we believe in him and trust in him, then his blood shed on the cross is good for us and we are forgiven of our sin and made part of the glory, made part of the family of God. So us understanding that Jesus came, okay, if you go back to verse 14, he himself, he Jesus, is our peace who has made us both, Jew and Gentile, one, okay, one body, one family, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments. This is, he's showing us how he's, how he's worked out peace between us and others here, right? So by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man, one people, right? In place of the two, so making peace. So this is, this is good, right? This is all good. What well, goes further, okay? Verse 16, and it says this, it says, and might reconcile us both, okay? Going back to the different people groups, us both to God in one body, right? Through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So the first part of that passage right there, those first couple of verses, verses 14 and 15, where we were reading, it's talking about a hostility that existed between people groups, between us and others, right? And he's saying, you know, he came and abolished the law of commandments, expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. That peace was between us and others, right? And then furthermore, verse 16, he says, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So now this hostility is a different hostility. This hostility is a hostility between us and God. You're like, well, I didn't know we had a hostility with God. Well, we did 
because of our sin. Our sin breaks the heart of God. It goes against everything in which he created us for, right? And so in this passage, what we're seeing is we're seeing again, he's going to show us how he's worked out peace, not just between us and others, but how he's worked out peace for us with him. Verse 16, again, and might reconcile us both to who? To God in one body through the cross. There's the how, right? Through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. I love how he puts that. Killing the hostility. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed when you meet somebody, maybe you're out and about, you, you get into conversations with people maybe you've never met, but somewhere in the conversation it comes up and you figure out that that person is also a believer, is also a Christian. And then the, oftentimes for me the conversation changes a lot, even if they don't know I'm a pastor. I mean, you know, you know it's like the guard goes down and, and because, I don't know, maybe I got like a target on my head or something, but, you know, with me I feel like people just kind of like just start sharing they're like, well, I don't know you, so I'm going to tell you everything about my life, you know? And uh, they're like, well, you're safe because you love Jesus. And, you know, if I speak that out loud, you know, I love, I love Jesus, you know? you know? And they're like, oh, okay, well, well, let me tell you, you know, my, whatever's going on, you know, and just, blah, you know, and here it comes. I love that, by the way. There is this amazing thing that happens for us that God has done through the cross, killing the hostility between us, but here specifically, killing the hostility between us and him, that his arms are wide open. Let me tell you something. If you came in here today, or you're listening to this right now, maybe you're listening online, or you're listening five years from now, or whatever, if, if you believe that God is hostile towards you, that's a lie. That's a lie. He has done this amazing thing in verse 16 to reconcile us both. In other words, to reconcile anyone, right, to himself, to God in one body, that he wants us to be one body, that he wants us to be in one family, and he's done so through the cross, thereby killing the hostility between us and him. Killing the hostility between us and him. Verse 17, it keeps going. He says, and he, Jesus, came and preached peace to you who were far off and to peace to those who were near. You know, I, I can't help but think about it. I got into talking about it a minute ago. I can't help but think about some of the apostles when they would go, or even Jesus when he would go to, you know, like the tax collector's house to eat dinner or whatever. And it, boy, that'd get the, I'd get the, you know, the the rule followers. I'd get them all wound up, wouldn't it? You know. And I think about Peter. You know, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Peter uh, in the scriptures. We see him uh, go to somebody's house, and later on, these guys are blasting him, and they're, and they're like, "Bro, what are you doing?" You go into the house of the uncircumcised. What are you doing hanging out with uncircumcised people? Which I think is funny, of course. You know, it's like, okay. 
Come on, God. How you guys really know? You don't really know, right? I don't know. Different tradition, obviously. But I just think, you know, as crazy as that is, we, we sometimes do the same thing. Oh, you can't, you can't go be over there. What are you doing hanging out with them? And come on. Them? People that God made in his image that don't look like us, talk like us, sound like us, believe like us, guess what? Jesus died on the cross for them too. There's no them. There is us. When it comes to the understanding that he would have wanted to reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross killing the hostility, and Jesus came and preached, verse 17, peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. In other words, he's saying, you know, yeah, that this message is for those who were already following the Lord, and it's for those who weren't. Like, bring them in. Come on. Let's go. And in verse 18, he says, for, the, for through him, through Jesus, we both have access, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access in one spirit to the Father. One spirit to the Father. Peace. Peace be with you. Oh, there's so much more I could say about that passage. It's so good. It's really the working out of salvation right in front of our eyes. But it's in another aspect that I don't think oftentimes we think about and how he did it to work out his peace. His peace. His peace. John, John 14, 27 says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. His peace he gives to us. Let me read part of that again because maybe you need it today. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Think about all the people who got hit by storms last night. Right now, many of them are afraid. Uh, I'm hoping that we have opportunity to minister to some of those folks. In fact, if you are one of those folks, know somebody that needs help, please reach out and let us know. We would love to help them. We, the body, Okay, that's where we act together, right? Peace is not something we create. It is something God provides if we are willing to trust him and follow the Holy Spirit's guidance. You know, I think so many people say, well, you know, I came to Jesus, but I don't have any peace. Well, how much, how much time are you spending with the Lord? How much time are you seeking the Lord? I'm not talking about just going to church. You know, don't, don't fall into that. Don't fall into the, 
Oh, you know, I, got, I, I go to church once a week so I can get my, my shot of Jesus, right? That's good, but, and it's a relationship that we have with him where we're working this out between us, where we're getting to know each other. The more I know Jesus, the more peace I have in my heart, even when a storm comes and hits me. We were looking last night, one of the churches that got hit last night up in Clarksville. Um, we uh, pulled up, Aaron pulled up their Facebook page, and she scrolled down, and, and the last post before posts about the storm last night was I think it was like a series that they were in or maybe just finished or something, or maybe it was just a one-off message. But the title of the thing was for this church, believe it or not, and it even, it even had like a picture of a storm. It was like how to weather the storm. That's God getting his people ready to go through something. We've been talking for weeks about, you know, the tribulations that we will endure in this life. John 16, says this. We've read it, I think the last two weeks, at least last week, says this. says, I have said these things to you, that in me you have peace. I have said these things to you, that in me, in Jesus, we have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Do you see why we need him for our peace? You and I are not overcoming the world. We might overcome, you know, hanging a picture at the house, right? Am I the only one that hates to hang a picture at the house? What is so wrong with us that that is the, that's the job? I mean, I just, oh, man. If that's my tribulation, we're doing okay, right? But Jesus says, but take heart. I have overcome the world that in me you may have peace. Now what he also says, come to me, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Maybe you need rest right now. Maybe, maybe the, the idea of peace is so far off in your mind, your mind you're like, I'm never going to find that. Maybe you need rest. Trust in Jesus. He wants to give it to you. So those are some examples of our peace with God. But then we go on to peace with ourselves and peace with others. You know, again, Jesus says things like, peace be with you. And when he's saying that, he's meaning that you can be at peace with your past. Jesus can help you get past your past. Did you know that? Jesus is the only one that's going to help you get past your past. Now, you might have some good friends that are like, man, I want to help you, you know. But Jesus is the one that's actually going to help us do that. He's the one that's going to bring us peace. In fact, Philippians 4, verse 5 says this. says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, let's, let's look at that for just a second. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That's, that's, that, that's part of that between us and others. It doesn't say, let your unreasonableness be known between you and everybody that you know, or the people that you don't like, right? What's it say? Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And then verse 6, and we love verse 6, and we'll tattoo it on us, and we'll quote it, and then we'll go out and get worried. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. You say, well, Chris, I just can't seem to not be anxious. Okay, well, he's giving us what to do right here, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Quit doing it alone. We sabotage ourselves with doing it alone. He's calling out, don't do it alone. Let me walk with you. Let me carry this on my shoulders, right? Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest goes on to talk, talk about his yoke is easy and all this, you know, yeah. If we give it to him, if we surrender ourselves to him, right? Verse 7, it keeps going. It says, and the peace of God, imagine this. This is one of my favorite. I quote this junk all the time. You know it. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds, what? In Christ Jesus not myself, not my accomplishments, not my relationships, not my job description. Stop putting your identity in all of these things that really belong to the world. Jesus already overcame the world that our identity might be in him. He wants union with us. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Do I really need to talk about it? That surpasses all understanding. You know what it means? It means it doesn't make sense. Surpasses all understanding. That in the middle of the worst moment of your life, that the, that the house is gone, that your child has passed away, that your marriage is a wreck, that Jesus is the one that can give you peace. And it won't make sense to the world. And it won't make sense to you sometimes, except for you'll be reminded of the scriptures and you'll be like, oh yeah, Jesus did that work through the cross for me to have peace with him, for me to have peace with others, for me to have peace with myself. Maybe you're here today, and maybe you're struggling with the sin of your past. Maybe so much so that you don't have peace with yourself. Listen, he wants you to have peace with yourself. He wants you to move past it. I know it's not always easy, and I know sometimes circumstances dictate that maybe you can't in some ways, and I understand that. I get that, okay? Hang in there. 
Because he does not want you to suffer the rest of your life for the things that he died on the cross for. The peace of God is a peace that can guard our hearts and minds. This is much more than the absence of craziness and loudness of the world, right? It's not just that peace. It's, it's God's peace. It's his shalom that gives assurance that everything is right deep down in your soul, even if you can't control things going on now or in the future, you can still have his peace. And I know, boy do I know, that in some of those hardest moments of life, that is hard to believe. But I promise you with everything in my being, it's true. The Lord wants you to grab on to him and hold on to him and take that peace and ride out the storm. It's not a surprise that we might be called to be at peace with others as Christians. That term Christian was actually a, a slang term given to people following Jesus back in the day, uh, meaning little Christs. So it wasn't, they weren't like, you know, they were like, oh, you little, you know, Christian, you know, you thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Um, it's a slang term, right? But if we are followers of Christ, then we should be dealers of peace in this world, just as Jesus was. Romans twelve eighteen says this, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This comes from a line of teaching where we are called to live as Christ no matter what the world around us is doing. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Ephesians 4, verse 15. Rather seeking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, okay? So going back to Ephesians here, but we're in a different passage of Ephesians. We've skipped a couple chapters. By the way, I had to cut out like three Ephesians passages that so perfectly go with this, but you just have to trust me. I can get them for you if you want them. Uh, just read Ephesians. You'll see it. And here we see this joining together of the two, right? The, the Jew and Gentile, right? Into one body. But then we also see these other pieces of the puzzle about the body, okay? Uh, rather speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him, Jesus, all right, who is the head into Christ. So we are to grow up understanding that Jesus is the head of the body. What does the head do for the body? The head guides the body, right? It's up here that we come up with all the great stuff, right? And sometimes the not-so-great stuff, if we're being honest, right? Saying, Christ is the head. And then verse 16 goes on, says, From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, then each part is working properly, makes the body, us, the one, grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
the unity of the body implied within the scriptures is an understanding that, you know, I might be a hand and you might be a foot. But either way, we can't write each other off. Christ is the head of the body and we're called to grow in it and in him. We're not lone wolves. You know, and I, I know a lot of people who say, you know, I don't, need, I don't need church. I don't need other people. I've got the Lord. Well, that's not what God called us to. He called us to work together to be the body. Now, you know, I might be a pinky and you might be an armpit. You know, I might look classy when I'm drinking a cup of tea. And you might smell bad. <laughs> but either way, we can't ignore each other. God's called us to do this together. And together we will. And that means that we're there for each other. And we love each other. We care for each other. It doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter what we smell like. It doesn't matter where we live or how much money we make. It doesn't matter what our struggles are. Okay? We're called to do this together. You come back around to Luke 2. And in Luke 2, we read the account of the shepherds and the heavenly host and all those things. And Jesus coming into the world. And what did it say? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Just a little while later, Jesus would be presented at the temple, okay? Talking about as a child, as a baby. And when they got ready to present him, this was a normal, traditional type thing. The parishioners that day, or at least one of them, had a moment where he saw the greatness where he saw the glory. And his response was this, Luke 2, verse 29. And you can read the rest of it for yourself today. Luke 2, 29, he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of of all peoples, seems to tie in, right? A light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. For my eyes have seen your salvation through the cross, through the blood. The biggest question you've got today is have I seen his salvation. Do you know it? Are you in the family? I'd love to talk with you about what that means. I'd love to pray with you about it. I'll be, out in the, I'll be out in the foyer as soon as I walk off the stage to talk, pray with anyone that wants to talk about those things. For those of us that are believers, might we be reminded today of just how powerful, how strong, and how amazing God's peace is. 
that He has worked out for us to trust in Him in all things. Let's pray together. God, we are grateful today for the reminder of the work that You did, not just in sending a baby that we might have this amazing time of the year to celebrate, but Lord, that You did it in order to bring peace to us. God, I pray right now for those who need your peace. God, I pray that they would see that it is attainable. God, I pray, Lord, that they wouldn't be anxious, that they wouldn't be worried. Lord, that they would have your peace to guide them. That we, as a church, would have your peace to guide us as the head of the body, Lord, as the real pastor of the church. God, I pray, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us in your peace. God, I pray for anyone who's never believed in you. God, I pray that today's the day that you'd speak to their heart and that you would change their life and that you would give them your peace through Jesus, through the cross, through the blood. God, I pray that you would be glorified and the lives changed in bringing people to trust you. Lord, thank you for your son Jesus. It's in his name we pray all of it. Amen.